right away, it's Supergirl. See? Super girl. That's what happens when you touch my stuff. A Kryptonian girl with blonde hair and a bad attitude. She moved so fast that Lois didn't even know what hit her. A Kryptonian attacked Lois? Yeah, right before she came after me. Chloe, not only is she as strong as I am, she can fly. Well, sounds like we got ourselves a true blue supergirl. Okay, her Krypton is gone. What do you mean gone? It exploded. You and I are the only survivors. Planets don't just explode, Kalal. Guess the humans are right, Kalal. Girls do mature faster than boys. everybody, welcome back to Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast. This is my very special episode on the Supergirl the movie, the comic adaptation, and I'm your host, Andrew Pinkham. Oh boy, I don't feel rusty at all, do I guys? <laughs> uh, sorry I've been so gone so long, it's uh, been a crazy past three months, as I reiterated on uh, Facebook and Twitter, um... May, April, May, and June have just been crazy months. Um, April and May were just busy. Um, my dad owns a flower shop, so therefore I was helping him in May. April, I just got super busy with work and getting everything ready to, for the summer and so on and so forth. But um, So that's why I've been gone so long. Uh, like I said on Facebook, and if you're not following me on Facebook, you wouldn't know, but um, I've got three episodes coming out this month. I've got um, a show coming up after this one that's going to be featuring Danny Saab from the Kara Zarel podcast. Um, and him and I are going to be talking all gamuts of Supergirl. And actually, I'm going to be splitting that episode into two. So, and the second part will be available in August, as well as episode number two, which is coming at you back to our regular coverage of... Action Comics 253, um, Superman Batman number 9, and we're looking at Supergirl number 2. And at the outset, I wanted to mention to you guys that um, after after I finished covering up to, episode, uh, up to issue 10 of the New 52, um, I will no longer be covering that. Um, but that doesn't mean that... You won't hear my opinion on it. If you go over to Danny Danny Sob's podcast, the Kara Zarel podcast, um, I'm going to be a regular monthly contributor on his show. He's going to bring me in to talk uh, the Supergirl and New 52 title. 
Um, and we're going to do that together, which is going to be a blast. It's always fun recording with Danny. He's a great guy to talk to. He's engaging. He's funny. He's he's just an overall great guy, and we've become good friends um, through this whole podcasting thing. Um, but that's just a little bit of news for the outset. Um, I've also been t- been um, playing a little bit of Lego Batman, but um, because of Skyrim, <laughs> yeah, I know, guys. I play uh, I play Skyrim, but that's all right. I uh, I actually put, played some Lego Batman, but I've kind of put it on the back burner in favor of Skyrim. I've actually got to play as Superman, and man, it is awesome playing as a Lego Superman. It's a lot of fun, guys. I'd go over check it out if I were you. You can get it through Amazon. You can get it through wherever you choose to buy your games. But I would highly recommend it whether you play Xbox, PlayStation, Wii. It's available on all those. But um, I'm going to take a quick break. And then we're going to get into the review of the comic adaptation of the Supergirl the movie. Stay tuned, all right? I'll be right back. You are cordially invited to attend a podcast that observes the unfolding events of history. Come with me and observe the birth and growth of a legend. From the pages of a 10-cent pulp comic book to the newspapers, radio program adventures, theatrical films, and more. Witness the dawn of the superhero. Golden Age Superman. Available on iTunes and at goldenagesuperman.libson.com. Every legend has a beginning. All right, welcome back. Uh, the credits on this one—it's a little different than most comics because it's because it's an adaptation of a movie. Um, the comics are a little bit, or the the, the credits are a little bit different. Um, the credits are as such: Joey Cavallari is adapt uh, adapted it from the film script by David Adele. Gray Morrow is the artist and colorist. John Costanza is the letterer. And Julius Schwartz is the editor. Cover art is by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Dick Giordano. And the cover date on this is 19, uh, 1985, Unknown Month. And the cover price was $1.25. And Supergirl was created by Otto Biner and Al Plastino. We open up this issue looking at Argo City, which is described as the last remnant of the planet Krypton. Inside a room, we see Kara Zarel and her mentor, Zoltar, Talking and Kara asking him all kinds of questions about an earth tree. He tells her the tree is from earth, in which she asks him, You mean where my cousin went? And he answers her by saying yes, and I may go too someday. They continue talking while Saltar does an experiment with the Omega Hedron, which just so happens to be the focal point of this story. Uh, he uses the Omega Hedron to make the levels on the tree grow. After the experiment is over, Zoltar gives Kara a bracelet. As he does, Kara's mother calls her name, and Kara runs to her mother, Alora Zarel. We see Zoltar hiding the Omega Hedron, because if found with it, 
he would be exiled to the Phantom Zone for stealing the Omega Hedron. Zoltar gives Kara his Master Wand, which, which can make a hologram from whatever you imagine can, can create. Alora tells Kara to be careful as she runs off to play. Alora and Zoltar talk of him leaving Argo City for parts unknown, and Alora refuses to believe it. Zoltar tells Alora to check out his spaceship as he drops the Omega Hedron on the floor and kicks it towards Kara playing on the floor. We see, uh, we see Kara creating a bug with the wand Zoltar gave her, and she picks up the Omega Hedron and turns the holographic bug into a real bug. Kara, obviously surprised by this real bug, backs away from the bug and almost falls over the edge. She yells for her father to help her as he saves her, but the Omega Hedron is lost. Because the Omega Hedron falling over the edge, it causes a huge rift in which Zor- Zorel fixes the rift with the Master Wand. Zorel blames Zoltar for stealing the Omega Hedron, which is punishable by the Phantom Zone. Kara tries to help her friend by blaming herself for losing it, but Zorel silences her as he continues to yell at Zoltar. While none of them are looking, Kara jumps into the spaceship and races after the Omega Hedron. As she travels, she ages from a young girl of 10 or 11 to the age of 17. We cut to Earth where we see the villain of our story named Selina, and like Lex Luthor, Selina has a bumbling henchman named Nigel. They they banter back and forth for a little bit, and then she leaves. We cut to a lake where we see Supergirl flying out from underneath the water and lands. She is marveled by this new place, and she picks up a rock to examine it, and accidentally crushes it with her super strength. Marveled by her super feet, she picks up a flower to examine it, and uses her heat vision to make it bloom. She soon discovers her flight ability, and finds that she is going to like Earth. We cut to Selena's home, where she and a woman are talking, and she shows her a small fraction of what the Omega Hedron can do, and she uses it to cook a chicken. Later, later, Nigel approaches her at a party, and insists to see the Omega Hedron. She refuses... She refuses and tells him to go mingle. He asks her who who they are, and she explains to him they are her foot soldiers, and she, and she is bent on world domination. They, ban- they banter back and forth a minute, and Nigel shoves a mirror into her face so she can see the reflection, which she does, and it's nothing but a skeleton. She slaps the lighter out of, her, out of his hand and remarks that he must have hit a nerve. We cut back to Supergirl asleep in a field of flowers when a softball lands right where she's sleeping and she abruptly abruptly wake up and hides in the bushes from a girl who comes looking for the ball. Supergirl finds the scarf that the girl drops, which which says Midvale High School. She realizes she must adopt an identity of a student and call herself Linda Lee. We cut to Linda in the main office getting enrolled and meeting the students. She ends up rooming with Lucy Lane, who just so happens to be the sister of Ace reporter Lois Lane. Later, we see Linda playing field hockey. When one of the girls hits her with the ball, everyone is surprised that Linda is unhurt. After playing, we see Linda and the other girls in the shower, and we find two delinquent girls intending to scald the girls while they are in the shower. Linda discovers this by using her x-ray vision and decides to take action to prevent and make and make the wrench so hot that the girl throws it, and because of the heat, damages the pipes 
and gets them all soaked. Later, Serena and her driver drive by the Midvale School. While they are driving, the Omega Hedron goes off, which they which they insist is trying to tell them something. While Linda is in her class, her bracelet goes off, telling telling her the, that the Omega Hedron is near. While she is in class, Lucy invites Linda to her house for the weekend. Lucy tells her that Jimmy Olsen is coming to her house, and she wanted Linda to meet him. We cut back to Selena's place, where a young man named Ethan walks into a room, looking for Selena because he was supposed to cut her lawn. Unbeknownst to him, she is brewing a love potion, and she intends for him to fall in love with her, and the first woman he sees will will make him fall in love with she appears with a love potion in her hand and offers him a drink, which he takes, which also knocks him out cold. While all this is happening, Selena's assistant comes into the room, telling her that Nigel is here, and he is banging on the door, demanding to be let in, and that, these, and that those women have no idea what they're doing with the Omega Hedron. When they turn around after being distracted by Nigel, Ethan manages to escape. Meanwhile, at a little diner, we see Linda and Lucy hanging out talking about Jimmy. Lucy comments that Jimmy would do anything for him. Back at Serena's cave, she she asks the Omega Hedra to bring Ethan to her, and we see a bulldozer about to run him down. Linda, seeing this, hurriedly rushes into the bathroom to change into her guise with Supergirl to save Ethan before the bulldozer crashes into him. The bulldozer does crash through the power lines and setting the area on fire due to some spilled gasoline. Suddenly, Supergirl arrives on the scene and quickly fixes the power lines with her heat vision and saves Ethan by prying the bulldozer claw open and let him out to safety. She quickly changes back to Linda Lee and makes sure Ethan is alright. As this is happening, the love potion takes effect. In in the first time they meet, he tells her that she is very beautiful and she is very befuddled at this. Back at Serena, she curses both Linda and Ethan because of her love potion, making him fall in love with her. She casts a spell for a vicious creature to attack Linda when she steps outside. Back at the Midvale School, Linda hears the monster outside and decides to go confront the beast regardless, if she can't see, even if she can't see the thing. She finally lays eyes on it once she uses her X-ray vision, X-ray vision although she wishes she hadn't, having seen the creature. They fight for a panel, and Supergirl grabs a telephone pole, crack, crackling with, the, with electricity, and electrocutes the monster, sending it back to where it came from. She turns back into Linda Lee and continues to search around Selena's place for the Omegahedron. While searching for it, she is spotted by Ethan. While they spend some time together around Selena, she meddles with their date and makes... Their cup of their teacup that they're in go very fast while it's spinning. Linda turns back into Supergirl and confronts Selena. Selena zaps the teacup car, which goes chasing after Ethan. While trying to rescue Ethan, Selena rebuffs her by splitting herself into multiples of herself. Supergirl grabs these tent poles and surrounds Selena by throwing them at her all in like a Spider-Man 3 type fashion with Venom. While Selena is trapped, Supergirl grabs Ethan inside the bumper car and flies away, leaving a very angry Selena behind. A little later, Selena asks Nigel for his help to spy on Ethan and Linda. Nigel suggests 
they bring Ethan there, which they are un- which they are successful doing, to lure Supergirl there. As a reward for helping Selina, she turns him into an old man, which he swears is a mistake. We cut to Supergirl flying towards Selina's mountain fortress to rescue Ethan. Upon her arrival to Selina's, she finds Ethan chained to a wall, but before she can rescue him, Selina traps her in the Phantom Zone. We cut to the Phantom Zone where Supergirl finds Zoltar, who is exiled to the Phantom Zone. All the while this is going on, Selina encounters rioters picketing her takeover of Midvale. She captures Lucy and Jimmy and takes them with her to her mountain fortress, where she is also hiding, holding Nigel. She puts all three of them in these dangly sphere thingies, knowing they probably aren't going to make it out alive. Lucy and Jimmy confess their love for each other. While all this is going on, Zoltar finds a way out of the Phantom Zone for Kara. She escapes the Phantom Zone, busting through Selina's mirror, but before she can rescue her friend, Selina conjures some demon to fight her. They fight for a little bit, with Supergirl ending up being the victor. Supergirl banishes both the creature and Selina to the Phantom Zone. With the Omega Hedron now in her possession, she bids farewell to her friends and Ethan, and flies back to Argo City. And that's the end of the story. Oh boy, sorry that uh, synopsis was so long, guys, and I stumbled a little stumbled through it. But um, overall, this story and this Supergirl movie, there aren't a lot of differences between them. Yes, there's stuff left out because of the comic adaptation, um, but there was very minimal that was left out. Overall, really, this is not one of my favorite Supergirl stories. And the comic suffers a lot of what the movie suffers, which is just just bad writing. Um, the story, it's definitely not my favorite of the two, or of the of this whole Supergirl movie thing. It's not my favorite Supergirl story. There have been so many other Supergirl stories that have been that have been great. Uh, really, the only saving grace for this. The, the, the movie and the comic is, well, not not really the comic, but the movie, the only saving grace is really, um, oh, what's her face? Um, it's not Linda Carter, but it's, wow, I'm totally blanking on the, on the woman who played Supergirl. Wow. Helen Slater. Thank you. Whoo, man. It's hot tonight, guys. I apologize for my memory going a little loopy. It's probably because of the heat, but... Um, overall, this the art was very good in this. I was really surprised by by the art. The art team did a great job, and they really portrayed the characters well. Um, there's a lot more of this story that I didn't care for, but let's let's go and uh, run down the list of the things that I did like. Um, I really liked the relationship between Zoltar and Kira. You can tell there's there's that mentor student relationship between the two of them. Um, and I thought that was great, especially when he was trying to help her out of the Phantom Zone. I thought that was a great, uh, a great thing for him to do. Uh, in in the movie, he he almost gives up and uh, d- doesn't help Kara, but um, he end up he does end up helping her, and they and and was able to help Kara escape the Phantom Zone. Um, I like the references to her Silver Age origins back in Action Comics 252 and in the whole Linda Lee portrayal. I loved the fact that that, that was a part of this uh, of this movie and this comic adaptation. Um, 
I, I thought that was really great. Me being a fan of the Silver Age Supergirl, um, I liked it. So, uh, I really liked Lucy's character in both the comic and the movie. I when I talked about with this with Danny Saab, I I found that I I liked Lucy's character because it she really made me believe that she was Lois Lane's kid sister. Um, the, the actress who portrayed her in the movie and who they who it was very evident that they drew her right to the T um, looks a lot like Margot Kidder who played Lois Lane in Superman the movie and I just thought she did a fantastic job and they got and they got the guy who played Jimmy Olsen to to come back and play Jimmy Olsen in this movie and I, I really liked that um, lastly um, I really liked how Kara ultimately wins the day through her persistence, through her determination, through everything, um, it was just a just a a triumphant way to to, to end the issue. Um, there were a lot of things I didn't like about this. Um, first, I didn't like how Argo City survived the planet Krypton's explosion. However, I can I, I can forgive it a little bit because. Argo City survived in the, in the Silver Age rendition. This a, a lot of this lined up to the Silver Age, um, so that 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 kind of made a little bit of sense. In meaning with that, I didn't particularly care for the for the Omega Hedron. Yes, I get it. It's it's the star of and it's what's powering powering Argo City, but. Um, in all, in all honesty, Argo City should have been dead long ago, but um, that's just me. I didn't like Selena's character. I really got annoyed with her after a while. Her character actually almost didn't make me finish the movie, um, which was not a good thing, but that is what that is, as they say. Um, just a few more points. I don't want to dwell on dwell on anything too negative for, for too, too long. Uh, I really didn't care for Ethan's character. It, it just seemed like he was the obligatory love interest. I mean, I get, I, I get it. The, it just seemed forced to, to me. Ethan's character just seemed forced. Um, and I, I just didn't, I just didn't care for the way that they ended it with her flying back to Argo City and all honestly Supergirl once she leaves Earth's atmosphere she shouldn't be able to fly anywhere she shouldn't be able to fly unless she has a spaceship which she doesn't have so that kind of that kind of peeved me a little bit but overall I would give this issue a 2 out of 5 so um and that's the Supergirl, the movie adaptation. I know there was a little bit of movie talk in there. Um, you'll hear more more movie talk when when I get the episode posted with Danny Saab. Um, but really, guys, that's all I had for the, for this time out. Um, I just wanted to cover one comic because I've been gone so long. Um, you're going to see more episodes out on a regular basis. Um, it's going to be getting a lot easier for me to get episodes out. Um, as the summer winds down, I know we're already in the middle of July. Holy cow, where's the summer gone? 
Holy moly. But, um, so be on the lookout for, for other episodes. As usual, um, you can email me at um, supergirlpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook. You can follow me all over the place. Go, go to the website, leave comments. I would love it if you left an iTunes review. Um, please do leave an iTunes review. I know there are a lot of people following me on, on the website and on the podcast. So if you could just leave me an iTunes review so I could get bumped um, in the visibility thing, that would be awesome. Um, so, but that's going to do it guys. And I will talk to you sometime in the near future, probably next week or the week after. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you later. You have been listening to Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast hosted by me, Andrew Pinkham. Supergirl, as well as all other characters I talk about on the show as well as any music I use, are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. The website for this show is supergirlpodcast.wordpress.com, where you will find the RSS feed, the podcast, the iTunes link, and a whole lot more. The email is supergirlpodcast at gmail.com. Now let's face it, guys, I love lots of emails, so don't be afraid to write in, alright? You can also like the Facebook page, just scrape type Krypton's Last Daughter into Facebook, or check out the website for more details. You can also follow me on Twitter, I'm at KLD Podcast. And if you would, as a huge favor to me, and leave an iTunes review, I would really appreciate it, and I'd give you a shout out on the show, that's a personal guarantee for me. The opening theme, The Rule, as well as other original music, is written and produced by Kevin McLeod. Supergirl is created by Autobinder Now Plastino. Thank you for listening, and come back every month for Krypton's Last Daughter, a Supergirl podcast. To be honest, I'm not sure I've earned the right to wear this uniform, but I will.